Hello and welcome back to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is May 30th, 2018. This is the 47th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. On today's episode, Fallout 76 and more game reveals in our headline roundup. Our main topic is my top five takeaways from the Pokemon Switch announcements, and then we will get to your calls if you're tuning in live on Discord. So we are recording on a Wednesday because... The first two days of the week after the Memorial Day holiday have been jam-packed with pre-E3 announcements, and it seems like we've been getting more game news, more game reveals than usual, but the Pokemon announcement from last night certainly topped it off. Uh, following rumors, following you know different kind of breadcrumbs, and kind of seeing that it was going to lead up to that, which was certainly interesting to see. We'll talk about all the Pokemon news in our main topic. Before we get to our headline roundup, though, I'd like to, of course, bring up that our E3 2018 contest is, of course, still running. If you go to rhymesathasia.com slash E3 2018, uh, you can see our 50 yes or no questions that we will be asking for this year's contest. Uh, submit that before. I think we're going to do Friday, June 8th is going to be our sort of big pre-E3 show. That'll be at least the day before EA gets things started on that Saturday, June 9th. So you have until then, you get different bonuses depending on how early you submit. But if you wait longer, you may get certain announcements like uh, what's been happening. So it's kind of a trade-off there. But yes, a lot has happened, even in just a few days. So let's get to our headline roundup. Fallout 76 has been revealed. Uh, What started as a... Twitter notification of please stand by with that typical Fallout sort of teasing image from Bethesda then turned into pretty much like a 24 hour long live stream kind of putting Vault Boy in there and maybe a balloon and sometimes people would walk in there just odd little teasing and today it turns out that there is a teaser trailer for Fallout 76. I mean, we see different imagery in what could be Vault 76, which I guess in Fallout lore is takes place 20 years after nuclear war. So maybe there's something to do with that. But they really didn't show much on what the game actually is. And that certainly didn't stop retailers from saying pre-order now. Pre-order now? I don't even know what this is. You want to bank on because it's Fallout, you're automatically going to pre-order? I don't know about that. So they kind of hyped this up to be a big Fallout game. And then Jason Schreier over at Kotaku, one of the best game journalists currently in the business, is saying, uh, don't get too hyped up that it's not its not really going to be a single-player RPG. It's not going to be the big Fallout game you're used to. This is a little more experimental. He goes and has a Kotaku article that basically states that uh, there's going to be an online component to this. It's likely going to be in the sense of a survival, crafting, base building RPG. Uh, survival RPG in the sense almost like of a DayZ or Rust, something to that effect, uh, that would have online components being developed at Bethesda Game Studios in Maryland, but also at their Austin base, which was formerly 
uh, Battlecry Studios. I mean, do we remember Battlecry, the kind of hero shooter attempt from Bethesda a couple E3s ago that the models looked terrible? Well, it looks like they've become the Austin wing of Bethesda Game Studios, and they've been trying to make an online version of Fallout 4. Maybe this is the result. So I, I wonder how it's going to kind of bite them. Of course, they're going to show more at Bethesda showing at E3 2018, but uh, don't get your hopes up, it seems, for a Fallout 5 or New Vegas-like equivalent. It certainly may be a different kind of Fallout title. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, or PUBG Corp over in Korea, has sued Epic Korea for Fortnite and copyright infringement. Yes, it seems that for how much Fortnite has taken off, and they've said in the past that they've taken some inspiration from Player Unknown's Battlegrounds and its success, but Fortnite has certainly developed assets, a style, kind of different elements to their game of their own. And as Player Unknown's Battlegrounds loses that market share, uh, they seem to have now resorted to a lawsuit. Over in Korea, which you see all these different articles bring up this point. It's like, oh, they're, they filed a lawsuit. But what does Korean copyright law have that's different than the United States? Because if it were filed in the US, uh, there would not be much of a case at all. There's, there's not much to be said about, you know, when someone takes creative liberties based on a simple idea. I mean, some people could say, well, yeah, Mario jumps. You don't see Nintendo <laughs> saying, oh... I'm gonna sue those other platformers for, for stealing that jumping idea. No, like, Pro Fortnite has taken enough liberties to make it a distinct enough product. In fact, you know, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds should probably have developed and kept up a little more than they have been to try to stay relevant and the like. Uh, I don't think, you know, lawsuits are really the answer. But then again, I don't see enough, you know, pieces saying what makes Korean law different because that's where they've filed the suit. Something to keep an eye on, but when it's popping up in places like Bloomberg and they're saying, you know, the biggest game in the world is being sued, like, it's it's kind of a big deal, right? The PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold games have been announced for June 2018 on the PlayStation side. XCOM 2 on PlayStation 4, it's the, you know, sequel to XCOM Enemy Unknown, the turn-based strategy game with aliens and the like. Uh, that should be an interesting get for those that loved... Uh, Enemy Unknown as, was a game that I did not particularly catch on with, but for those players, that's, that's a good get. Then Trials Fusion, which is the driving platformer game from Ubisoft on PlayStation 4. You also have Zombie Driver HD on PS3. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Future Soldier. That's the game where you're, you're spinning around the gun and when it was on Connect for 360, taking apart the gun. That's on PS3. Atomic Ninjas on Vita and Squares on Vita. You know, at a certain point, when March 2019 rolls around and the Vita games sort of stop, may not miss that one, if that's the best that they can offer on the PS Vita side. Uh, overall, an okay month on, on PS4. It could be a little better, but, you know, XCOM 2, that's, that's not a bad get at all. Over on the Xbox side of things, Assassin's Creed Chronicles Russia, which is the third out of that little uh, AA Assassin's Creed side-scrolling, in a way, you first had... Uh, China, then you had India, and then Russia is the three. I think maybe they have all three offered now uh, on different months for Xbox Live Gold. Assassin's Creed Chronicles Russia, a $10 MSRP. Oh boy. Uh, that's running through the month of June, the 1st through the 30th on Xbox One. The Smite Gold Bundle, which this is interesting. A $100 
estimated retail price. They are really desperate to get players into that God-based third-person MOBA game. But I guess a $100 retail gold bundle for Smite on Xbox One from June 16th to July 15th. On the Xbox 360 side for the first half of June, it's Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Great kart racer, by the way. Do check that one out for sure. And LEGO Indiana Jones 2 The Adventure continues for the second half of June. Of course, both of those are also playable on Xbox One due to backwards compatibility. Speaking of Sonic Racing games, what was initially leaked by Walmart, because of course Walmart is leaking more things, right? Team Sonic Racing has been confirmed at a $40 price point, which I think is pretty interesting. Uh, and they say it's coming this winter. I believe it's Sumo Digital making this, the same developers from uh, Sonic and Sega. You know, this is good news, but it doesn't seem to have the Sega crossover. And I think that's the one thing people are missing, especially with the rise of uh, Yakuza and people wanted to see Kiryu match with different Sonic characters or, or you know, even Shenmue with uh, Ryo Hazuki. Like, those kind of mashups would have been neat to see. But, you know, get a, a Sega or a Sonic Razor rather on, it's going to be PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. So that's good news. And then also confirming that aforementioned Walmart leak, Lego DC Super Villains is coming October 16th. That has also been revealed. Mega Man 11 got a new trailer and that kind of started the whole news swarm post Memorial Day. So Mega Man 11 has been dated for October 2nd on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch. Switch will be getting an Amiibo version that is exclusive to GameStop. I found it interesting, you know, they showed two of the Robot Masters in the trailer, and then they haven't seemed to really hide the rest of them. They show them the pictures, especially on the cloth that comes with the Amiibo edition, but uh, we don't know the names yet. Uh, but Mega Man 11 looking better. They have this dual drive sort of uh, feature that can slow down time or add a extra attack power to your buster. It seems optional. Uh, at least, you know, Gerard, the completionist, mentioned that he got to play a build and, you know, seemed optional. If you want to keep the, the hardcore classic sort of gameplay, you don't have to use it. But then again, you look at certain bosses like a uh, Fuse Man there, and it's like, ah, uh, you may need to slow down time a bit to add some hits. I don't know. So, but it's definitely looking better, I think, uh, just as far as an artistic uh, viewpoint and just an overall style than the initial reveal of Mega Man 11, where it's like, yeah, looks a little Mighty Number no. 9-ish. Granted, it still kind of gives that vibe. And, you know, the voice acting was not ready for. It's not terrible, but I certainly wasn't prepared for it. Um, it looks better than Mighty Number no. 9, but we can't help but make the comparisons, I suppose you could say. And then on the Super Smash Brothers rumor front, uh, man, there it seems to be picking up that this roster is going to be something special. Apparently some YouTubers claim that they have gotten some advanced information. Uh, Relax Alex in particular on YouTube. He is shy of 300,000 subscribers. He seems to focus primarily on Smash YouTube content. He's someone I've, I've heard of, so I'll give you a shout out there. I've, I've, I've heard of you, but uh, <laughs> now he's uh, posting on Twitter that he, uh, he has the belief that five newcomers will be coming to this this new roster and that he's 100% on that. Uh, other people, I mean, Emily Rogers, who's been pretty spot on with some of her sourcing lately that saying in a Discord server that, you know, she's like pretty confident that, you know, some of these these announcements for, for newcomers are gonna be 
big. They're gonna kind of shake the earth in a way. Um, and then a lot of people are saying, yeah, like big newcomers, like ones you won't expect, but also some some newcomers. Maybe on this weekend's episode, I'll, I'll do a main topic on Smash Brothers characters, like 10 Smash Brothers characters I'd like to see. Man, that sounds like an idea. We'll, we'll do something like that. But let's get to our main topic, though, and it's all about that Pokemon news from last night. And that was certainly the big one. And if we were tracking it throughout the day, I mean, our, our Discord at rhymesathasia.com slash call was very active in the, the gaming news front. Just things popping up here and there, rumors here and there. Uh, definitely saying that there was a Japanese media event coming up. And, you know, there seemed to be media like IGN and who were kind of right there, Eurogamer and all that. So... I'm surprised the secret was kind of held off that long and was kind of kept to the rumor front until Nintendo's like, hey, Pokemon fans, tune in or you know, keep, a, keep an eye on Twitter. So you can summarize basically what happened, but I'll, I'll do that all here in my five takeaways from the Pokemon event. So number five, uh, Pokemon Quest is a genre and a pricing experiment. And what I mean by that, I mean, Pokemon Quest is this Switch and mobile game that, first of all, is free to start. Uh, and seeing free to start games on Switch, I think that's an interesting experiment there where, like, do free to play games work on Switch? Especially if it's paving the way for something like a Fortnite to eventually come to Nintendo Switch. Like, is the market stable or, you know, supportive enough on Switch for those free to start games? I think it would be, of course, the bigger success on mobile to just have that wherever you go in your pocket with your phone. But the you know free to start is out right now on Switch, so if you're interested, give it a try. Uh, from what it looks like, you know, from just a very coarse, rough look at it, almost like to me, I got the impression of like Dota mixed with the style of Minecraft. So it's these Pokemon in cubes. It's an action RPG, but when they're going in groups and attacking. It, it got a feel of like a MOBA. I, I don't think it would play like one, certainly. Uh, but just from from a gut reaction, it's not something I'm totally interested in. But again, it's an experiment. It's You're trying a different kind of action RPG, plus you're trying the free-to-start, the free-to-play sort of model. It's an experiment at the end of the day. You know, More Pokemon games, the better in a sense. You don't want to flood the market, but try different things there. Number four, the Pokeball accessory for the Pokemon Switch game adds an outdoor conversation piece. So of course we do have to mention then that yes, the rumors were pretty much all indeed true. Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, and Eevee are the two games this year on November 16th, 2018 for Nintendo Switch. Uh, it is basically in a way remaking Pokemon Yellow. A new player is exploring Kanto. In a new environment there are Elements borrowed from Pokemon Go, you can send Pokemon to Pokemon Go, you can link up to get a bonus gift, uh, you know, certain things like that, that were kind of all true. Oddly enough, on a 4chan post on April Fool's Day, it's kind of all spot on. But most interestingly, I think, is the Pokeball accessory. Uh, kind of like how Pokemon Go had the Go Plus sort of little $30, $35 uh, sort of dongle that helped you play as you walked well, with you know the game. They have a Pokeball accessory that you send one of your Pokemon to. It vibrates. It makes noise. You can interact with it. It's almost like taking one of your Pokemon with you. Now, granted, the estimated price point of $50, a 
bit steep. However, to create that outdoor conversation piece is an important thing. I think one of the things I remember most fondly, and granted, I still play Pokemon Go, but in Pokemon Go's heyday of July 2016, one of the best things was, you know, my wife and I, we were celebrating our anniversary. At the time, we went up to a place in Michigan, like a German-inspired town about an hour north of where I live. And so we were kind of going around this town, and there were people just out playing Pokemon Go, going to stops, just kind of socializing there and bringing that game into the real world and making it a conversation starter and it was something to bond over. Uh, that was that was definitely special at that time. You can see this trying to capture this and kind of bring that back. And I, I do appreciate that. The price, we'll see how that plays out. That may be a bit steep. But I like the idea of having something tangible to bring out with you into the world. Number three, Pokemon Go functionality is a much bigger deal than advertised. As part of all of this, they kind of mentioned certain statistics for Pokemon Go. And when people say, why are they bringing the Go elements into this game? It kind of makes sense when the game, which is free to play, made $80 million in revenue during the fiscal year for the Pokemon company. Pokemon Go has been downloaded lifetime, get this, 800 million times. Let's, let's wrap our heads around that. The Pokemon Go free-to-play mobile game downloaded 800 million times. That's insane. Now, granted, they estimate that maybe the active concurrent players are about 20 million which is still nuts. You can say, oh man, Pokemon Go fell off a cliff. But if you have a player base of 20 million players, myself included, that's a whole lot of people willing to play, give your franchise mindshare, and possibly give you money. So it makes sense for Pokemon Go to be involved here because there are a lot of lapsed Pokemon fans out there. And we saw that when Pokemon Go took off. We saw a lot of people who were Gen 1ers, as it were, or, hey, I remember Pokemon as a kid. I have a fondness for it. Trying it, getting it, you know, another go. And so to have this game bring those similar elements into there, but, you know, onto Nintendo Switch, that's the key. And it actually leads into number two, my number two takeaway point here. Nostalgia is key to leverage a larger player base. Of course, when you're talking about going back to Kanto and that 151 and the bonus never before seen Pokemon that you will get when you merge the two together. No idea if it's gonna be like Zeraora or a hint at a, a new generation eight Pokemon or something like that, or heaven forbid, Gorochu. <laughs> but uh, you know, a never before seen Pokemon. Okay, sure, all right. You have that benefit for linking up to Pokemon Go. But to have it be the 151 and to have it be Kanto that players are familiar with, it is for those lapsed players. It is for the nostalgia there. You don't want to throw players who are coming back into Pokemon and say, hey, there are over 700 creatures now. Better start learning them. That's, it's overload. You're going to turn off a lot of players. I really love the messaging that they had. And you see a lot of different social media posts saying, oh, I teared up when it was talking about your first adventure. And then it was like, however you want to play it. 
So I think that's that's really the key to this game is if you are big in Pokemon Go, you can use all of those elements. You can throw the ball. You can use motion control. You can do all sorts of things. You're catching them the same way. You're not battling the wild Pokemon per se. There are still Pokemon battles with trainers in, in that essence, but um, you're leveling up differently. It's kind of streamlined a bit there. Again, it's for these laps players to kind of get back into. You don't want to throw them right back into, okay, and it's Generation 8. We don't, we have, you know, all these Pokemon to catch up on and so many different features. Pokemon games have made such a large stride since you last played them. That's, again, it's too much. Get them back in with this simplistic, simpler at least, Pokemon game with what they're familiar with, with recognizable mascot characters. And I think that's the way to do it. This is the strategy, of course. You leverage the nostalgia and the Pokemon Go functionality to bring players onto Nintendo Switch. Granted, while for the hardcore Super Smash Brothers is going to carry this holiday season, mind you, and other games, but let's be real, Smash Brothers. You bring them onto Nintendo Switch, you get them back into Pokemon with a streamlined RPG here. And next year, when they confirm that the core RPG they were talking about at last year's E3, that's the game for fall 2019. That's, you'd, let, you'd think Gen 8, right? 90% I would say would be Gen 8. Let's hold out a 10% in case they want to do some tie-in with Pokemon Go and Sinnoh and they say, yep, the Diamond and Pearl remake. We need a little more time for Gen 8, but we're doing the Diamond and Pearl remake now. Let's leave a 10% chance for that but i think generation eight would be a good time next fall uh confirming that they are still coming out with that game and so my number one takeaway at the end of the day this may not be for you being the let's go pikachu and eevee and that's okay that's okay because it's all part of the bigger strategy to get people back into pokemon use the go rampant success use the nostalgia of i can't tell you how many of my friends who say i haven't played pokemon in years but man i was interested by this game like this game i'm all about this i want to buy a switch and that's what it's for if you're someone looking at it and saying man you know i don't know i've i've played the pokemon games for years and i i don't like how simple this looks I don't like them taking away wild Pokemon. I don't like the simplistic battle nature. I don't like only Gen 1 Pokemon. If you like it, have at it. You know, buy the Pokeball if you really want to. But if not, wait until next year. It's not for you. It's all part of the larger strategy to grow the Pokemon fan base, get people to buy Switch. And that's really the gist of it at the end of the day. I think it was a really good presentation overall i think if you don't say that you know you'll have a next big core rpg game coming in fall 2019 i think a lot is taken away it really contextualizes a lot of it and at the end of the day it's good to see the roadmap being laid out i'm excited i'm not going to necessarily try or get quest it doesn't really appeal to me but i'm all about let's go pikachu and eevee granted it's because i still play pokemon go i open that up i spin the been the stop i catch one and that's all i need to do but i like the idea of of the transference there it's it's pretty cool anyway that's what i have to say when we come back we will get to the callers we can talk about the main topic headlines games you're playing recently really anything is on the table that's when we come back you're on the power switch 
welcome back to the power switch. Uh, lots to talk about, even in just in a couple days here. So we'll get to the callers. We'll save our couple other segments for this weekend's show. But let's hear what you guys have to say. Joining us from Michigan, Scott, welcome back to the power switch. How are you? Uh, not too bad, Pete. How about yourself? Doing pretty okay. We were talking during the show and how uh, we're going to formulate our E3 2018 plans. You're going to come over once again. We'll have our post-show call-ins as we did last year. Those were some good times. A little bit of a mix of puppy in this year. Uh, should be, should be fun. Oh, he's so cute, but could be a hassle uh, during all the conferences and whatnot. But yeah, another E3. I mean, we're almost a week away and that's mind-blowing uh what would you like to talk about today um i'd like to go over a bit on just how brilliant nintendo was with announcing gen 8 like the gen 8 core pokemon rpg last night along with pikachu and uh, ev editions i think the single reason that they did that was because they knew if they didn't the more hardcore tournament players and breeder scene of the games would raise their arms and pitchforks and torches online with how kind of simplified let's go or not simplified like nintendo said the more broader reach of it yeah yeah and it was great to see that uh you know, they even said the game that we talked about at the last e3 that core title that is this you know next fall fall 2019 that's mm-hmm. the one you want to focus on i i agree it was Really, really smart. And I saw some people with some takes of, oh, I don't know, are we really going back to Kanto again? I don't like the style of this. It seems kind of blasé. Maybe it's not for me. Well, yeah, you've probably played a whole bunch of Pokemon games and you come to expect a certain standard. So that next year's game is the one you're looking forward to. And I guess there are some corners of the internet that say it's like, I want my Sinnoh remakes. And okay, I don't necessarily get that. So I mean, maybe we got to hold out that percentage for Diamond and Pearl. Uh, remakes or whatever, but yeah, this is this is super smart. It build off of that Go success, build mm-hmm. off of that nostalgia. I mean, I'm sure you've been seeing people on your Facebook saying like, "Yo, I'm interested in this, and I haven't played Pokemon in years," and that's what they're going after. Oh, exactly. Let's go. Pikachu and Eevee strikes me first and foremost as a console version of Pokemon Go, incorporating like an actual story, like a story mode with the region and stuff. Uh, visiting Kanto again. But with the, like, the Pokemon catching mechanic, the lack of wild Pokemon battling and things along those lines, uh, it, that's what it strikes me most as. And not, I still occasionally play Pokemon Go, but I never really jumped on the train hard. Mm-hmm. I, I dropped off pretty quickly. I just kind of got bored with it. But it, like you said, it's been downloaded and played so many times. It's going to do fantastic for them. But I'm not going to lie, when they initially announced it, I was a, my hype level for the, the new games, these games specifically, or what we thought were the next like core Pokemon games, was a bit deflated. It was like, okay, I mean, they're really heavily touting on the Go crowd and gearing it towards kind of a broader Go crowd mentality of gameplay. So I was like, I'll still get it. Visually, I think it looks fantastic. Um, I really like the art style they pulled. But I, I, I was my hype was deflated. It was just like, okay, I'm kind of bummed about that. But when they announced that, don't worry, we'll get have a new core game for the kind of more serious tournament players and like Pokemon Razors with IVs and EVs and everything like that. Next year to look forward to, I was like, okay, that 
that solved it for me because I can be really excited for next year's game and look know that that's coming and not necessarily be down or bummed that these games are taking place instead of uh, a new core game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I actually pitched like a question on uh, was it Kind of Funny Games Daily a couple weeks ago when these rumors started to pick up of Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee with the logo and all that. And, mm-hmm. and I posed the question, uh, it was Tim and Jared, I think, on the show at the time, and it was essentially... You know, what would you rather have a game like this this year or Generation 8 at the end of next year? Yeah. And to have both happen like that is fantastic for that tournament crowd, for that hardcore crowd. Not only, you know, do you have that game to wait to, but you also have 3DS still relevant for another year, which I'm sure Nintendo loves. They Mm -hmm. can still have Generation 7, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon 2, have that metagame still there. And to be honest, for those hardcore players, you don't need Smash and a mainline Pokemon game in the same holiday season. I mean, I think both games hit a different market. Yes, Mm -hmm. there's definitely going to be cross-pollination and crossover between those two groups, but just because a person might play Pokemon competitively doesn't mean that they will for sure grab uh, Smash Brothers Mm. and vice versa. Um, But I agree. Nintendo is going to kill it this holiday season. Switches will be so crazy hard to find, I bet, with Smash and two Pokemon games coming out. It's going to be nuts. And then I wonder how many uh, Go Pokeball accessories they'll be able to sell as well. Those will be gone too. Because knowing Nintendo, they won't produce enough, mm-hmm. or and it will be crazy hard to find. And I'm, I, I honestly want them. I want a couple. Yeah, not I gonna lie, I kind of do too. Really, really cool. <laughs> but I, part of me thinks that their Nintendo is going to s- kind of split off the Pokemon series and have like Pokemon Let's Go as its own branch, where and then they'll have the main core main series as a separate one. I think they'll kind of develop concurrently. That's a really interesting thought. And I I do wonder if like you're trying to get people back into Pokemon, there will be certain rates at which those people adapt. I think you'll Mm -hmm. certainly get some who will be interested in what Gen 8 has to offer and they'll, you know, jump at it next year. And it's like, I, I just want more Pokemon. Or you'll have some that it's like, ah, that's a bit too much. I'll wait if they do something like a Johto Let's Go. And so like slowly ease into a new world and a new Pokemon into things like that. So that's an interesting thought. I, I do wonder if they'll kind of develop the two side by side. They got enough Pokemon and they're just going to keep adding more Pokemon to Pokemon Go. Yeah, true, true. So, but, you know, in the same regard, in the era of DLC... Will they add Johto as a DLC, like a big? Oh, uh, that's an interesting kind of thought. It could do, uh, could do DLC for sure. I mean, Nintendo with their season passes, they've released some fairly large and substantial content with those. Could we see a Johto uh, expansion? Yeah, especially when Johto is, you know, both Johto and Kanto in those games. Right. So yeah, entirely possible. I'm gonna be curious to see how they continue with let's go pikachu and eevee 
because they're already releasing other generations, at least generation two of Pokemon into Go. Oh yeah, so, I mean they're on three. They're probably tempting four by year's end. I think. Exactly. So I think they must have something in mind or some plan to incorporate being able to also bring over gold, silver, and ruby, sapphire Pokemon into uh, Let's Go Eevee. Yeah. Or something. And they've held off on trading between Pokemon Go players for so long. And I wonder if, like, this is the avenue to do it, but are all creatures recognized, especially when they add this never-before-seen Pokemon? Uh, That's going to be interesting Mm -hmm. to see how that element plays out. Definitely. So for all this pre-E3 hype, uh, how do you feel this is so far comparing to last year's? Are are you worrying about blowing the load too much, per se? Um, I definitely think with all these announcements, like you mentioned, also Fallout being announced today in the various leaks, I do think it takes away a bit of the official reveals that companies have been doing the past week or so, I think do take away a bit from the majesty and kind of the surprise, but I'm hopeful that we'll still get a lot of big announcements. So I think it's going to mostly depend on how many big announcements we actually get. I would hate to see E3 just turn into a a show where you just see a bunch of stuff that more stuff on games that we already know. Yeah, about. just like updates and you're not getting any of the big right. surprises and pops. And I think that's going to depend, you know, based on different companies. Like for Sony when they talk about their four first party games, mm-hmm. I'm still super excited to see all of those cuz some of those have, you know, never before right. seen elements. I mean, Death Stranding, we don't know what gameplay is like. So, like tell us what that's mm-hmm. going to be like, but to say like it's it's a new PlayStation Four game, I mean that's that's something special. Or if uh, something like a Capcom comes and say, "Hey, DMC Five on PS Four, like that'll be a big moment." Oh yeah. Well, I just remember all the like crazy hype and excitement from when they announced Kingdom Hearts at E three, mm, or mm. when they announced Final Fantasy remake at E three. I don't like those would still be really exciting if they were announced like a week before E3 or whatnot. But there's, I feel like there's just something special when something gets announced, like a surprise shows up at a conference because you're expecting something cool. And when something actually happens, it's like, Oh my God, there's so much anticipation and curious. What's it going to be? What's going to be announced. And then to finally see what gets announced, I think is a, is a special experience that you don't get with like these early reveals and things like that. Right. Right. And yeah, I mean, you can almost go down the line, but Bethesda, it's an interesting case where with this fallout game, if it were a mainline fallout game, like I'm sure the news would have been broken long ago, but I, I mm-hmm. think this is the right way to kind of say like, Hey, we're working on something, but I, I do wonder if they're setting themselves up for false anticipation. If people are thinking that this will be a big RPG and they're going to be let down. Uh, so I think it's interesting that Jason Schreier is kind of out in front of it saying, like, hold your horses. Like, I'm just trying to be out there to try to warn you. Um, but, yeah, for like something like Ubisoft, you can name a whole bunch of their games that they're going to talk about. Uh, even throwing in things like Skull and Bones or, uh, God, that Toys to Life Switch Starship game. I mean, that'll come back. But then it's like, oh, is there a, a Splinter Cell? Like, is that going to be a moment from that show? Mm-hmm. Like, that... that that's going to be big. And uh, gosh, Nintendo Direct, I can only imagine. Like, you start to see all, some of the fake you know, leaks and lists going around. Yeah. Like it's, 
It's crazy, crazy excited potential. Yoshi's flipping island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Nintendo is the most immune to these because I feel like we know a lot about what's going to be shown at Nintendo, but I'm still like so crazy excited to see what they show. Sony, like I'm definitely excited for those the games that they're going to show. Spider-Man, I can't I Definitely want to see more oh, of Spider-Man yeah. Death Stranding. Last of Us never beat the first one, so... Oh, I'm super um, hyped for that. <laughs> and then I, Days Gone, I really... I don't care about. Right. <laughs> and then Microsoft is the super big wild card. I think that's going to be the most exciting conference to watch this year. Especially when you had the news story of, oh, Amazon Spain cracked down three pre-orders canceled and they come out and say no no we're we're still working on it like you you better not delay that game again I I think that's a dumpster fire at this point I I really it is uh it's Microsoft's last guardian but last guardian kind of turned out to be good (laughs) yeah crackdown three is not going to be the game people want in it or like have hyped up in their minds for it to be yeah Especially when Sony's out here delivering exclusives like God of War. It's like, nope, it's not going to be on that level. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And with like, I feel like the wide open world series is starting to go on the decline. Like it's for a while, open world games were everywhere. Like that was the thing. And now I feel like it's kind of on the decline mm-hmm. where we only get maybe four a year instead of like the 10, it seemed like. I don't think it'll do as well. Plus, you have Red Dead coming out. Oh, God, yeah. Granted, it's completely different, but it's not like the super-powered modern day. But it's the open world, run and gun, kind of do stuff and multiplayer. So, I don't know. I I hope it's good because Mike, just because the Xbox needs some big exclusives, but I don't think it's going to be what people hope it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, E3 2018 is going to be super exciting. Uh, can't wait to experience it with you. It's it's going to be really close here before we know it. And, oh, I know. Uh, and Pokemon nailed it. Two weeks from today, all the press conferences will be done. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll have seen tournament play of Super Smash Brothers yeah. for Nintendo Switch. Yep. Oh, that is that is wild. We'll I can't know a wait. Lot more of, we'll know stuff of Death Stranding. We'll know stuff oh of Spider-Man. Oh, so so yeah. hyped well scott people can find you on twitter and twitch at solid snake 120 uh, mm-hmm. thanks so much for calling in we'll we'll talk to you again soon and uh e3 hype e3 hype all right guys thanks so much for calling in that'll do it for this episode of the power switch we are hosted by rhymeswithasia.com and we're on youtube and twitch at rhymes with asia find us on twitter facebook and instagram at the power switch i am at pete speakeasy you can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at powerswitchpod at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to the Power Switch on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. Most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. And it's a small but growing community, so now is the perfect time to have your voice heard on this podcast. If you'd like a YouTube video to watch, uh, check out the comedian Steve Hofstetter and his uh, free stand-up bit that he put up is called Secret Optimist. It's a free stand-up show on YouTube. But he's known for uh, hecklers and putting hecklers down. Uh, so he is a good YouTube channel. He's he's pretty funny. 
give him a watch. Uh, you think you'll think you'll enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a weekday episode here. Uh, this weekend, I'll talk about games that I've actually been playing. It's surprisingly, finding time with uh, the Switch and the puppy. And we'll do the whole, you know, games that are coming out this this next week. But we're going to save those segments for, for weekend shows. I mean, this Pokemon news, had to get to it, had to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, for me, like uh, the 6 o'clock, 6.15 time kind of works before, you know, we have an early night. We wake up at like 4 a.m. It's, it's crazy. So we have early nights. But I don't know. Maybe that doesn't work so much for people, especially in different time zones and things like that. Or we just got to keep growing. We'll, we'll see how... You know, we'll just keep at it. Keep being stubborn and keep opening our uh, Discord channel up to talk to you guys, really. So that will do it. Stay tuned to that Discord channel as everything develops. And regardless, whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I am Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on. <laughs>